Today we're continuing our message series called Stressed Out. And so we're going to spend this morning talking about one of the specific causes of stress in our lives, the fear of failure. Because for many of us, that can be a great source of stress. In fact, failure is something that we all deal with. Uh, We can fail in school. We can fail at a project at work. We can fail in a relationship. We can fail in our family responsibilities. We can sin and fail morally. We can fail to live up to a promise. We can fail to achieve our goals. We can fail in a variety of ways. Sometimes in small ways, sometimes in pretty big ways. But we all face it. We all fail. If I asked you to make a list of your top ten fears, I'm pretty sure that for most of us, the fear of failure would be someplace on that list. We all fail. But the truth is, none of us wants to be seen as a failure. None of us wants to experience failure. None of us wants failure to define our lives. We've actually talked about some of this stuff before, but it's been a few years, so I thought we'd revisit the topic of failure here this morning. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you four facts about failure, and then we're going to look at some ways to overcome failure. Okay? So let's go. Four facts about failure. The first fact is this. We have all failed and will continue to. We have all failed. J.M. Barry, the British playwright, said, We are all failures. At least the best of us are. That's how J.M. Barry described us in May of 1922. And you know, I think he was on to something. You see, we all have this thing in common. We've all failed. We've all experienced tragedy. We've all had hard times. We've all had big dreams only to have those dreams die. Every one of us has experienced failure. In fact, there's only ever been one perfect person on this planet and we killed him. And besides, even he was seen as a failure by those around him at the time. We have all failed. Here are some of the more famous people who have failed. Take a look at this video. Dismissed from drama school with a note that read, Wasting her time. She's too shy to put her best foot forward. Turned down by the Decca recording company who said, We don't like their sound and guitar music is on the way out. A failed soldier, farmer, and real estate agent. At 38 years old, he went to work for his father as a handyman. Cut from the high school basketball team, he went home, locked himself in his room, and cried. A teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything, and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. Fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no original ideas. His fiance died, he failed in business twice, he had a nervous breakdown, and he was defeated in eight elections. If you've never failed, you've never lived. Lucille Ball, The Beatles, Abraham Lincoln, Michael Jordan, Thomas Edison, Walt Disney, those people had failures. And so have you. Think about the relationships you've been in, or the jobs that you've had, or the classes you've taken, or the goals you've set out to achieve. 
I'm sure that all of us can identify at least one, if not several, examples of failure in our lives. I know I can. In fact, you're already probably thinking about one failure in particular in your life that you found to be devastating for you. Who are, who are considered to be the great people of the Bible? You have Abraham and Sarah and Jacob, Joseph, David, Ruth, Esther, Noah, Moses, Peter, Paul. They're all people that we look to as examples of how to live successful, God-honoring lives. And yet, if we had the time here this morning, I could take you through how each one of them failed at some point. In James chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. And in John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. So understand, you will experience failure during this lifetime. But when you fail, it doesn't mean that you are a failure. We all fail, but we are not failures. It's just a part of living. The second fact about failure is this. The more we attempt, the greater the chance of failure. One poet said the world is divided into two categories, failures and unknowns. So if you want to accomplish anything great in this life, you're going to have to risk failure to do it. To enter into a marriage, you risk failure. To apply for a job, you risk failure. To invest for your future, you risk failure. To raise children, you risk failure. To help build a new church, you risk failure. To share your faith, you risk failure. To step out and do something great for God, you risk failure. Anytime you step out in faith, you risk failure. Everything in life that's worth doing involves at least some risk of failure. The person who never risks failure never attempts anything of value. One of my favorite sayings is this, Behold the turtle. He makes no progress unless he sticks his neck out. And I think that's true. If you want to make progress, if you want to achieve anything, you need to stick your neck out. You need to take some risks and risk failure. Babe Ruth is recognized as being one of the best baseball players of all time. Maybe the best. He hit 714 home runs during his career, more than anybody else did until Hank Aaron came along decades later. But do you know that Babe Ruth also had 1,330 strikeouts? Or maybe you're a football fan. How about Terry Bradshaw? Terry Bradshaw was a great quarterback that won four Super Bowls with the Steelers. But he also threw more incomplete passes than 99.9% .9 of everyone else who ever played the game. Or how about Wayne Gretzky? Wayne Gretzky holds every major scoring record in the NHL. He even set a record for holding the most records, which I personally think is a great record to have. Yet even in his prime, his shooting percentage was only about 20%. And that means that he scored only once for every five shots that he took. Which, understand is still a great percentage. But it also means that he failed on 80% of his shots. If he failed that much, why didn't he just give up? Well, I think it's because of his theory that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So he'd rather take the shot and risk failure than never take a shot at all. 
That reminds me of what Thomas J. Watson, the founder of IBM, said. He said, the way to succeed is to double your failure rate. Because if you want to accomplish anything of worth, you're going to experience failure from time to time. The more we attempt, the greater the chance of failure. The third fact about failure is failure has a way of consuming us. It consumes us. Have you ever noticed that the things you've done wrong seem to have more power in your life than the things you've done right? You tend to dwell more on the failures than on the successes? Have you ever discovered that? Have you noticed that regrets come to mind long after accomplishments are forgotten? I find myself doing that. Even seemingly insignificant failures and mistakes come to mind every once in a while and I just beat myself up over it. I wonder, how could I have been so stupid? It's happening to you right now, isn't it? You're remembering something that happened 15, 20 years ago that really doesn't matter. But you find yourself beating yourself up over it anyway. Psychologically, this is called the Zygarnik effect. Just wanted to impress you with my vast knowledge of useless information. Uh, but psychologist Perry Buffington described it this way. He said, failures take on a life of their own because the brain remembers incomplete tasks or failures longer than any success or completed activity. When a project or a thought is completed, the brain places it in a special memory. The brain no longer gives the project priority, but failures have no closure. The brain continues to spin the memory trying to come up with ways to fix the mess. And this progression of this mindset can have a devastating effect on you and on me. Because the longer you dwell on your failure, the more likely you are to move from saying, that was a failure, to saying, I am a failure. And that's a pretty major change. And it can ripple through every area of your life. Your feelings of incompetence keep you from trying to achieve anything new. They can damage your relationships and they can lead to unhealthy or even dysfunctional families. And they taint your perspective of who you are and what God can do through you. Hear this. You may have failed, but you are not a failure. As believers, we are called ambassadors of Christ, the children of God, a royal priesthood. God sees each and every one of us as being important and very dear to Him. In His eyes, we are anything but a failure. And even if you're not a believer, Jesus loves you and He cares for you so much that He died for you so that you could live. You may have failed and there may even be consequences to your failure, but you yourself are not a failure. Now, I know that for a number of people, this is a major struggle. And you, you may have convinced yourself that you are a failure. But I'm here to tell you today, you're not. And you need to realize that it is possible to move beyond failure. Failure does not have to be final. And the fourth fact about failure is that, is that very thing. Failure does not have to be final. Let me ask you something. How many of you know at least, say, one person named Peter? 
just take a few seconds. How many people with that name do you know? How many people with the name Peter do you know? One person? Three people? Six? Seven people? How many people do you know that have that name? Well, in the Bible, Peter was a disciple who followed Jesus. When Jesus was arrested and he, he was taken away to be tried and eventually executed on a cross, Peter followed along at a distance. Peter loved Jesus. And he didn't want to let the people take Jesus away. But Peter was also scared of what might happen to him if people found out that he was a friend of Jesus. In fact, when he was confronted by someone who thought they recognized Peter as being one of the disciples, Peter denied that he even knew Jesus. And then he ran away and he cried because he had denied even knowing the most important person in his life. He failed miserably. But then Jesus rose from the dead. And in one of their conversations after Jesus rose again, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. In fact, Jesus asked Peter that question three times. And all three times, Peter assured Jesus that he did love him. So Jesus forgave him. And, and Jesus trusted Peter to become a leader in the early church. Peter had failed. But he moved on past that failure. And he became a hero of the faith that we look up to today. Now let me ask you another question. How many of you know at least one person named Judas? Anyone? Do you know anyone, anyone with that name? It's not a popular a name, is it? Why is that? Why isn't Judas as popular a name today as Peter is? I mean, both Peter and Judas betrayed Jesus. Both of them betrayed their relationship with him. What's the difference? Well, the difference is that after Judas betrayed Jesus and handed him over to be arrested and eventually killed, Judas was overcome with guilt and he went out and he hanged himself. Peter, on the other hand, was also overcome with guilt, but he came back to Jesus and he was forgiven. Judas and Peter responded to their failure in very different ways. Judas recognized his failure and he went out and he hung himself. He eliminated any possibility of moving beyond the failure and making things right. He made the choice that his failure would be final. But I have absolutely no doubt that he could have moved beyond that failure. If Judas had hung around, maybe not the best choice of words, but if he had hung around, I believe that Jesus would have forget, forgiven him. Peter also recognized his failure, but he discovered that it didn't have to end that way. And today, I know a lot of people named Peter. I can't think of one person that I know named Judas. In the book, Walking the Leadership Highway Without Becoming Roadkill, Jim Buchan writes, The secret of life is not avoiding all failure, but in learning how to get up once you've made a mistake. So failure does not have to be final. You can get up again and you can move beyond it. So how do we do that? How do we move beyond the failures that we experience in life? 
Let me give you four keys to moving beyond failure. The first is this. Admit that you failed. Now, you've all heard of the Apollo 13 mission that launched back in 1970 and it was supposed to land on the moon. And you know that just two days after the launch, the astronauts ran into some pretty serious problems when the spacecraft was crippled by an explosion. So forget the mission. Their very lives were in danger. So what was that famous message that they sent back to Earth? Houston, we have a problem. And that acknowledgement was the first step in Apollo 13 returning safely to Earth. Now the astronauts could have sat in their little command module and hoped that it was a, a computer glitch. They could have reasoned that everything would work itself out. Uh, they could have decided that they could handle things on their own and that they didn't need help from those eggheads in Houston. But if they had taken that approach, they would have used up all their oxygen, they would have never gotten the ship back on course, and they would have died in the outer atmosphere. Those five simple words, Houston, we have a problem, literally saved their lives. That admission brought them safely back to Earth in what's been called NASA's most successful failure. If you've got a problem, if you failed, then the very first thing you need to do is admit something's wrong. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, People who cover over their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and forsake them, they will receive mercy. So in the area of moral failure, in the area of sin, you need to admit that you've made a mistake. That's the first step in receiving the mercy of God and receiving His forgiveness. And in every area that you may have failed, the way to move beyond it is to acknowledge that it's there. In Alcoholics Anonymous, they recognize the problem of denial. They know that denial prevents people from overcoming their failures. And so the very first thing that they insist that people do is admit their failure. They get people to stand up in front of others and introduce themselves by saying, Hello, my name is Greg and I'm an alcoholic. You see, people fail in direct proportion to their willingness to accept excuses for their failure. If you always seem to be able to come up with an excuse or you're always blaming others, and if you never actually take responsibility for your own failures, then you'll never be able to move beyond them. Benjamin Franklin said, He who is good at making excuses is seldom good at anything else. So if you've got a problem, don't make excuses. Don't ignore it. And don't try to pan it off on someone else. Admit your failures. The second key to moving beyond your failure is accept God's forgiveness and forgive yourself. Accept God's forgiveness and forgive yourself. Now, obviously, if your failure is sin, you need to accept the forgiveness of God if you want to move beyond it. We talk about that a lot here at Sunrise. That's the whole message of the Bible. Redemption. Receiving the forgiveness of God and being restored into a right relationship with Him. And I should mention too that when you fail someone else, you should seek their forgiveness. We talk a lot about that too. But you also have to forgive yourself. Because if you don't, you'll never be able to move beyond it. You'll always be tied to that failure. You'll be in bondage to it for the rest of your life. 
when Shara and I were in Halifax a couple weeks ago, we went to see the new Spider-Man movie at the IMAX theater. Now, that's the way to see a movie. Uh, this time around, Peter Parker plans to propose to Mary Jane. And he talks to Aunt May uh, about it, who gives him some great advice on what it takes to be a good husband. And then Aunt May gave Peter the engagement ring that Uncle Ben had given to her when he proposed to her. And Aunt May told Peter to give it to Mary Jane when he proposed. Well, I don't want to ruin the movie for you. So let me just say that things don't go exactly as planned and Peter messes up. In fact, he messes up big time. And he really hurts Mary Jane. And then it's Aunt May to the rescue. Take a look at this scene here from the movie. Okay, so Aunt May in that scene says that when you mess up like that, you have to start, you have to, to move beyond it by starting with the hardest thing, forgiving yourself. She says that's the hardest thing to do. And maybe she was on to something there. But Proverbs chapter 24 verse 16 says the godly may trip seven times. In other words, they may fail seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. So yes, God will help you up. But, but you play a part in that too. You decide to get up. Do you remember this? When I became deathly ill, I was able to summon an ambulance, my next door neighbor, my family and my doctor without picking up a telephone. I used this remote control to contact LifeCall, my 24-hour emergency medical response service. Watch. You just press this button and speak into the air and... I'm having chest pain. I'm calling paramedics and your family, Mr. Miller. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. See? Protect yourself with Life Call, and you're never alone. To get complete free information by mail about this affordable medical emergency response system, call toll-free now. Life Call can save your life, so call to get free details by mail right away. What, what a great old commercial. Do you remember that one? I've fallen and I can't get up. 
But I think far too often that's how we feel when we fail. I've fallen and I can't get up. But the truth is, when it comes to failure, I've fallen and with God's help I can get up. But to do that, I must forgive myself first. Number three, the next key to moving beyond your failure is keep failure in perspective. Now, here on the screen, you see what is perhaps the most famous scene of all time from one of the greatest movies of all times, King Kong. King Kong standing on top of the Empire State Building in New York. What a terrific scene that was as Kong swatted away those airplanes. But do you know how tall King Kong really was? Well, you might. You may have heard this before. If you're a trivia buff, you probably do know this. You would probably know that the model that was used for King Kong was only actually two feet tall. But on the screen, he looked 24 feet tall. Sometimes we look at our failures like that. In reality, they may be very small, but we treat them like they're giants, like they're insurmountable failures in our lives. You see, when you're flat on your face, a molehill really does look like a mountain. And when you're right in the middle of your failure, it may seem devastating. And you might think that you can never recover. Well, it's at those times and you need to remember what it says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. The spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. And you need to be reminded of the words of Jesus when he said in Mark chapter 10, everything is possible with God. You need to remember that the God you serve is the same God who is able through his mighty work, through his mighty power at work within you, to accomplish infinitely more than you could ever ask or think. He's the God who makes the impossible possible. That's the perspective that you need to gain. That's the perspective that will help you to move beyond your failure. Keep your failure in perspective. Realize that whatever failure you may have accomplished, it's nothing compared to the great God that you serve. And number four, the fourth key to moving beyond your failure is learn what you can and press on. You know, it's nice to have mountaintop experiences, but the truth is you grow in the valleys. You learn the most from your mistakes. So from your mistakes, you need to take what you can and then press on. Learn what you can and move beyond. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul wrote, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So in those verses, Paul is basically admitting that he's not perfect, that he still has failures in his life. But he says that he's pressing on with the goal of becoming the person Jesus meant for him to be. Pop quiz. Who invented the electric light bulb? 
Well, if you said Thomas Edison, you're wrong. Edison didn't invent the light bulb. It was actually the bright idea of two Canadians back in 1874. Henry Woodward and Matthew Evans invented the light bulb. But Thomas Edison is the one who bought the patent from them and improved it enough to make it a commercial success. But Edison said he also had 10,000 failures before he learned how to work the light bulb. But he didn't see those as failures. Those 10,000 failures, he didn't see them as failures. He saw those as learning 10,000 ways that it didn't work. This is what he said. He said, don't call it a failure, call it an education. So in other words, learn what you can and then move on. I want to give you permission this morning to leave your failure in the past. You don't have to live in bondage to failures and disappointments that happened long ago. Let them go and move beyond. It doesn't have to be the end for you. There's an old Texas saying, it doesn't matter how much milk you spill as long as you don't lose your cow. So what if you've spilt some milk? Don't cry over it. Learn from it and press on. Your failure does not have to be final. You may have failed, but you can learn from it and you can press on and move beyond it with the help of God working in you and working with you.